to see everybody. Um, I have one thank you here from Pat Duty. She wanted to say she is slowly getting better and back in Clinton and Melissa's family have been helping. Uh, her grandson also and I are planning to drive up to Escanaba on next week for Amy's daughter's Carly graduation. So wow. nice to hear from Pat. And we have one announcement with Diane. Oh, oh and another one. Another one out there? Okay. She said, I'd just uh, like to thank everyone for their participation last weekend in, uh, in the uh, changeover of the church between service, coffee hour, children's party, and then we set up for the uh, funeral. And then we had a great time visiting and carrying on and funeral service and dinner went well and we cleaned up and then changed the gym back over for coffee hour. It was done with a lot of your help and I surely appreciate it. And a job well done for all. Amen. Speaking of the funeral, we also have dishes for some folks to pick up, um, kind of where the little bar is there in the coffee area. Also, my apologies, if you receive emails from the church, you probably received an email from me this week when my email account was hacked. Hopefully nobody um, did anything with, about that, but uh, my apologies for that. Um, I just found out on Friday that the shelter whom we have adopted, I adopted one family, the church adopted a family with five children, they would like to know how much money we spent, 
how many hours we spent shopping, and also um, the time that we spent wrapping gifts. Apparently, the shelter can get match money for the money that volunteers donate. So I have a list of all the things that was purchased for that family, and those gifts are wrapped underneath the tree. If you could see me, and I will send out an email from the church later today, if we can come up with even a close ballpark of what we've spent to honor or bless this family, that would be helpful for me. We still have a few recipe books to be sold. Um, this week when we were wrapping gifts, we found a whole box full of cupcake liners that are perfect for Christmas. So those are out on the table in the gym. Please feel free to take some. Um, and thank you for your generosity. Speaking of generosity, the third Sunday of every month, we recognize generosity. From my heart, from my heart, and I know from all of your hearts, what you see over there is what is going to the six families. Now we know that God and prayers were very, very important in being able to get what has been gotten. And I'm asking you to please continue those prayers for these families. You will see the boxes are numbered. I don't do names. I don't know names. Box number one is a family for a mom and a 13-year-old girl. Box number two is for a grandma, a mother, a four-year-old, and the three-year-old little girl who is autistic. Family number three, one, two, three. oh, is the shelter family, Sheila's family that for the shelter. And that is the mom with five children who are getting ready to be able to be on their own again as a family in their own place is what we are thinking that this is what it is because of what the mom asked for. Family number four is... Number five. <laughs> right now, I can't think of family number. Number six is Kim's family. Number five are a mom and two boys, of which just a real hard situation going on there. And for that family, a gas card is going because of where she works. And we were not able to purchase the two main things that the boys requ requested, not required, requested. So she is getting a $100 gift certificate to Walmart to be able to finish the Christmas off for the boys. The other family, I want, there's more girls in there somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, after church, I would like you people to walk over. You're welcome to touch it to pick up stuff to see what is under there. Oh, the other family is 
Yeah, the one boy with the mom. The, the one young boy wants things for, uh, to be able to go out and be, live in the environment. Well, I requested from a young father to help me out because I know survival will not take in knives, axes, guns, anything like this. So he is helping me out. And I'm sorry, I'm just drawing a blank on the other family. But also for generosity this week, we have two little girls in our congregation who realized there was nobody signed up for coffee hour. They signed up for coffee hour and they knew that they would have people in their loving family who would help them out. Well, not only do they have people in their loving family to help them out, they are learning the responsibility of what goes into doing a coffee hour. They are helping to purchase. They are helping to get it ready. They are helping to serve it. And they are helping to clean up. So please go to the coffee hour and appreciate those two little girls who also are so generous and so loving to do such a thing. I know that we are all in a different season of our lives. Some things we can do at this time in our lives, other things we did before in our <coughs> lives, but we still have to be generous in the fact that people want to do things for us. And many of us find that very difficult. But please, please, not only love God, not only love these families, love yourself. And I heard a song this last week for the first time I had never heard before. Why can't Christmas be every day of the year? And I feel in this congregation, Christmas is every day of the year. What a wonderful family Bob and I and our family have always been part of. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Sandra, is Kim and Leslie coming today? Oh, okay. Is, is, you know, is Kim coming today? Okay. Then we will have bell choir right after church. So I just want, when I didn't see you, I go, uh-oh. So, yeah, what I'll do is I'll do the kids' bell choir right after church, and maybe, you know, you guys can get the adult bells set up while I'm doing that, and then we'll rock and roll with the adults. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I guess we can get started with our service. So if you will stand if you're able and join me in the call to worship, please. God has come to be with us. That, that is one of the meanings of Christmas. Now we will bring together both the worst and the best of ourselves to be with God. Then we might know the healing of his forgiveness and the energizing miracle of his love. And if you'll join me for our first hymn, Fairest Lord Jesus, number 189. 
please take a moment and celebrate our peace. Greet someone near you with a smile, a good word. Good morning, good morning. So glad that you are here. Well done. Peace be well with you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And peace be with you. You have a person that wants to share the peace with you. I should. Peace be with you. And also with you. I'm first. Good morning. Peace be with you. No, yeah, you're actually like, okay. yep. well, he, he's got it. Okay. He's got <laughs> you covered. Here, he's got you covered. Ho, ho, ho. Don't. Th Thank you. Okay, folks, I'm going to put the spurs to you. And the reason I'm going to do that, okay, is because... We're going to do the Advent wreath, and then, okay, we're going to have for the child in each of us, but instead of me talking to the children, the children are going to do their Christmas pageant. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You think we remember That's all right. that, Sheila? There was a little three on the tag. Okay. Let's go. We are continuing our, joy to, our journey to Christmas. Let us take a moment and simply arrive here. Push out all the busyness, musts, and have-tos to make room for the Holy Spirit, to guide our thoughts and feelings. Now let us think about hope. Let us think about peace. Let us think about love. Again, we light the candle of joyous hope. We relight the candle of peace. A gift to us, we are to pass along to others. We relight the candle to remind us of God's love for us. Today, we light the last, can last of the candles with color. The fourth candle is to remind us to think about faith. Faith in God, something else we often find hard to talk about primarily because faith has so much to do. <laughs> do. Do trust, confidence, belief, devotion all mean the same thing as faith? Is it possible to talk about faith without talking about courage? Or does faith mean that a person merely accepts what he or she is told without thinking about it or understanding it? Can a person talk about faith without talking about the mysteries of life and beyond? The people most intimately involved with Jesus' Jesus's arrival show us that faith is the fundamental that is required for people to cooperate with God and to allow God's plan to become a reality. Now is the time we turn our minds and our hearts to Jesus with joyful hope, with, with peace within and without as our goal, with love for God, others, and ourselves, with faith that makes room for God to work in and through our lives as well as with radical, 
welcome as we wait the wondrous anticipation of Jesus' arrival and the kingdom of God, which has come and continues to arrive each moment. Romans 16, 25. Let us give glory to God. He is able to make you stand firm in your faith. According to the good news I proclaim about Jesus Christ and according to the revelation of his secret truth, which was hidden for long ages in the past. Amen. Just, just, just a moment, folks. We, we have, we have some logistical sh shifting, because because there, there are certain grandparents that want to be down where they can actually see their grandchildren. Well, even with us with no grandkids, we want to watch. Well, okay. Uh-oh. We are desperately in need of a script. Two scripts. Oh, okay. Much appreciated. Dead? Throughout recorded history, mankind has sought a relationship with their creator, and since the very dawn of time, our creator has sought us. This is the story of how God's perfect plan of salvation, his one and only son, our Lord Jesus Christ, came down from heaven, heaven as a humble babe, one chill and lowly night. Our story begins with Mary, a humble teenage girl betrothed to a carpenter in her modest village over 2,000 years ago. In the sixth month, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. 
But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was, she who ha, who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the, God, of the, glory of the Lord appeared to them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. 
He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and, bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And so, this concludes our story this morning, but it was only the beginning of God's perfect plan of salvation for all mankind over 2,000 years ago. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Like the humble shepherds who visited Jesus on the night of his birth, we too return home praising and thanking God for all that we have seen and heard. The gift that we are most grateful for this Christmas season is the gift of our Lord and Savior, our Messiah, Jesus Christ. As the children leave the sanctuary, please join us in the singing of the first verse of Away in a Manger, page number 217 in your hymnals. lay down his sweet head. The stars in the sky look down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the We pushed them out before we could say thank you. Did I look up? Thank you, Rick. If you haven't noticed, I'm severely technologically challenged. Have I ever mentioned that to you before? No? Okay. It's hard for us to remember that the whole story began in a barn. You know this congregation very likely began in a barn. Okay. Big difference big difference between that that barn almost 190 years ago and here. Amen. Thank you. Okay. The question is, is Jesus still here? Okay. 
Is Jesus still here? Gee, come on. Is Jesus still here? Okay. And because Jesus is here, we can lift our voices in prayer and praise. We have numerous people who are going through so much. I looked at, I, I looked at one of the, I'm going to digress. If, and I'll, I'll, I'll give my apology to the roast, the turkey, or whatever, or your, appoint, your reservation at the restaurant. Um, there's been a lot going on. And we need to take the moment to breathe. We need to take the moment to say thank you to God. We need to take the moment. To just say, oh Lord, in all this mess, you're still pulling off something wonderful. Christmas is about how God turned an ugly mess in to redemption for us all. It all started in a barn. It all started in a barn. And when the little one that was born grew up, okay, he was baptized. And after he came out of the wilderness, the first thing he said to people is, you have had your backs turned to God, turn around and face him. Okay. Turn around and face him. Believe the good news. The kingdom of God is at your fingertips. Let that one sink in. Everywhere Jesus went, he proved it. See, in the kingdom of God, there's no sickness. He left a trail of healed people behind him. In the kingdom of God, there is no hunger. He fed people by the thousands. In the kingdom of God, there's no death. After he died, he shows how much God loves him because he rose again. In rising again, he shows us how much God loves us. Because he says, come on home.
Dad loves you. Come on home. When we all get there, there's going to be a party. Amen. Thank you. There's going to be a party. Okay. We all have people that we care about that are either sick or struggling. Some are in the hospital. Some have had some major surgeries. Okay? Some of us have had major losses in the last week, 10 days, two weeks. People that we love have gone on to be with our Lord. There's no easy way to deal with that. Many of us are so busy, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Who'd have ever thought that having a Merry Christmas could be so much hard work? Okay. Let's have a real Christmas. It's the one where God shows up in the most unexpected way. Let's pray. Our blessed Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for walking this earth. Thank you for showing people God loves us. Thank you for showing us the possibilities of healing, the possibilities of having enough, the possibilities of creating an ever more beautiful world in cooperation with God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Some of us, oh Lord, are carrying heavy burdens. Some of us, oh Lord, look like we're doing all right, but we're not. Some of us carry loads, oh Lord, that aren't physical. They're spiritual and they're emotional. And you know how to take care of those loads. Oh Lord, what we pray is for a touch of the kingdom. We pray for a touch of the kingdom for those who are sick, those who are hungry, those who are alone and lonely, those who are grieving, those who are in pain. Oh Lord, we pray for each other. We pray for the people who are not here. We pray, oh Lord, that your kingdom will come. That's what you taught us to ask for when you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Could we take a moment to listen to God in silence? For God speaks in his turn during prayer. Amen. Okay, stand if you're able for a prayer for a real Christmas. Lord, help us to let the real meaning and the real spirit of Christmas shine into our lives. We get lost in gift giving and getting. We try to buy a bit of the Christmas spirit at the store. We struggle to find holiday happiness by running from one Christmas event to the next. We cover up our hurts and troubles with sparkling ornaments and glittering lights. Mostly, we are just tired from trying too hard. We're just afraid of all the little things that seem to go wrong so often. Lord, you came as the light of the world. We want you to drive away every bit of darkness from our hearts. We want to be ready to hear that first Christmas greeting. We want to be filled with anticipation, understanding, and awe. Fear not. I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all the people. For unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. No. You'll join me for the Gloria. seated. Come to work for all. 
listen here, listen here. He's the Savior God has promised long, and every voice shall rise in song. Listen here, listen here, listen here, listen here. We will
Amen. Jesus, you have shown us the kind of gift that we are to give. It's the gift of ourselves. You gave with utmost generosity. You ask that we do the same. We cannot match your gift. We can, however, do the best we can. Receive our efforts, take our gifts, use all for the glory of your kingdom. Hear our prayer. Amen. The hymn of preparation for this morning is number 219.
Thank you. Beautifully sung. You may be seated. I'm going to give you homework. And your homework is to read Isaiah 53. I'm only going to read one verse. Verse 2. For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So did you wonder about the title of the sermon? Okay, if you don't get anything else out of the sermon this morning, okay, what is amazing about Christmas is God worked through suffering, confused, willful human beings to make the impossible possible. How's your Christmas going so far? Good, I'm glad. You know, we are blessed. We are. We may not think so, but we are. The blessings may be overshadowed, but they're still there. It can be hard to convince ourselves of it. However, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote, um, I was a lit major in, as an undergraduate, and so I'm going to quote Ralph Waldo Emerson, okay? This time, like all times, is a very good one if we know what to do with it. Knowing what to do with what's going on, that's the problem. Often Christmas is just a real mix. Sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes it's just plain ugly. Sadly, many times we try to make Christmas perfect. When was your last perfect Christmas? <laughs> Was it last December? Okay. Instead, okay, what happens is we make folks miserable, and that includes us, ourselves. Okay? Christmas can rub our noses in how needy, desperate, and ever so human we are. We might be well off financially. We might be doing okay physically. However, it's easy to find ourselves terribly down at Christmas. We just drag emotionally and spiritually. Doing good things, being generous, or helping others can be exhausting. Amen? amen. Did I hear an amen? amen. Okay. It can also be fulfilling and rewarding. Please don't forget, okay, the most, the most important thing about these gifts is they're going to be covered with your prayers. Did you hear that? 
okay? So take the time before you leave the sanctuary this morning and cover these gifts with prayers. And then when you walk by the mitten tree, do the same thing. The season, instead of being energizing, becomes something of a black hole that sucks everything out of us. We may feel simply too rushed and overwhelmed. There can be such a flood of family and holiday activities. We may feel burdened with grief. We may have thought we'd worked through it all, but because the holiday will be spent without someone we love, grief creeps back in. I can say from my own experience, it doesn't make any difference whether it's been two weeks or ten years. Christmas gets real rough when people we love aren't there. Grief can creep back in. We may feel so terribly alone and lonely for reasons we don't understand, or we may basically feel so far from perfect that life doesn't feel worth living. Christmas can get just plain ugly. If you're wrestling with the ugliness, remember you're not alone. Okay? You're going to hear confession from me. If you think you need help, you do. Ask for it. Get it. If you're wrestling with thoughts of self-harm, get help. I don't think I can be any clearer than that. Christmas has been just kind of ugly from the very beginning. The prophet Isaiah caught the tone centuries before it happened. It was the will of the Lord that his servant grow up like a plant taking root in dry ground. Almost every day, I exchange messages with a pastor in Kenya. They just finished a drought that's the worst one in 40 years. Elephants are dropping dead. Zebras are dropping dead. Giraffes are dropping dead. People are dropping dead. It started to rain this week. Thank God. Okay. But imagine a plant taking root in dry ground. He had no dignity or beauty to make us take notice of him. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing 
that would draw us to him. Nice way of saying ugly. Christmas has been ugly because from the very beginning it has been so very human. We tend to focus on the God stuff when we tell the Christmas story. We talk about angels and immaculate conception, stars and precious gifts. And that is all well and good and it makes it feel good. I wouldn't mind somebody bringing me a couple pounds of gold. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) The choir's preaching. (laughs) What we forget is this. Everything about Christmas happened in real life to real people. The world of the first Christmas was plagued with disease, war, poverty, and violence. It was so bad that we live in paradise by comparison. Things were terrible everywhere. Many people, things were so bad. Many people expected that God would come, wipe everything out, and start over again. Sound familiar? More things change, the more they stay the same. When God would come back, God would wipe out the whole human race. Only a few would be saved so God could start all over. In the world of the first Christmas, last day communities were springing up. People sold everything they had. They went to desperate places to wait for God to arrive. You ever hear of the Essenes? Sometimes... That kind of stuff gets into the popular news. The Essenes were a Jewish religious community that was waiting for God to come back. And amongst the things that they did was they spent a lot of time copying scrolls of, of God's word. The law, the prophets, the Psalms. Okay? But they believed God was going to come back any moment. It's safe to say that almost everything in the human condition was stacked against the first Christmas happening. Left completely to human beings, the first Christmas would have never happened. Bless you. Most women did not expect to carry their child successfully the whole nine months, especially if it was their first. 
Okay. The amazing thing about Christmas is this. God worked through suffering, confused, willful human beings. God used them to make the impossible possible. And think about each step of the way toward the first Christmas. God transformed improbable and impossible people. God took unlikely relationships and circumstances. God worked each into vital elements of the most important event in human history. Hey, I'm going to save the world. Anybody know a 14-year-old that's interested? <laughs> Think about it. God wanted to save the world. He found a 14-year-old that will cooperate. A 14-year-old that said, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. This was a time when mothers almost invariably lost their first child. And you know why? Because they didn't know how to take care of them. God picked an unmarried girl who may have been as young as 12. Mostly folk think that she was probably 14. She carried a unique child. The child would bridge the abyss between the divine and the human. This child would accomplish the at-one-ment of God and humanity. When theologians, people creating doctrine, were trying to explain what Jesus was all about, they had to invent a word. And the word was at one meant, atonement. At one meant. Jesus came to make us at one with God. God would convince a very devout but very unwilling man in the girl's life to marry her. It's unlikely there was a public wedding. We don't think about that part. We don't talk about it. The man would care for both her and her child. Then, death and childbirth was a very real danger. Both mother and infant were in peril even in the best of circumstances. But both mother and infant survived and thrived 
in just plain ugly conditions. When was the last time you were in a working barn? Moms? <laughs> Take me to the hospital, right? <laughs> That's hard enough, right? There are things we forget about the first Christmas. We desperately need to remember them. The first Christmas was full of doubt. There was spiritual, emotional, and physical suffering. There was danger, confusion, and terrible uncertainty. Even when we say, hey, my life is good, all of this other stuff is hovering around. Be honest. How are your investments doing? The first Christmas wasn't fun. It wasn't pretty. No one was rushing to get in line to do it all again. A weary girl suddenly became a woman. She had probably walked 10 miles that day in mountains. Uphill both ways. Come on. Yeah, okay. She was turned away from uncomfortable or from comfortable lodging to sleep with the working animals, which meant camels, oxen, donkeys, and goats. You ever been around a camel? Ugh. She gave birth to a child amid the stink of a stable. There's no record of a midwife. None. A lot of times, the only thing standing between life and death for a newborn was the presence of a midwife. She may not have had any help unless her husband had offered to do so. And ladies, you think that men don't help now? She didn't see or hear any the angel choirs. Cute baby. There wasn't anything pretty about the rest of it. Some angels, a small number of shepherds, and a few wise men were the only ones who took note of the birth. All those folks who were waiting for God to come and start over missed it. Christmas was 
and is just plain ugly, and it got uglier. We despised him, we rejected him. He endured suffering and pain. No one would even look at him. We ignored him as if he were nothing. But he endured the suffering that should have been ours. The pain that we should have borne, he carried. All the while we thought that his suffering was punishment sent by God. But because of our sins, he was wounded beaten because of the evil we had done. We are healed by the punishment he suffered, made whole by the blows he received. All of us were like sheep that were lost, each of us going his own way. But the Lord made the punishment fall on him, the punishment all of us deserve. He was treated harshly, but endured it humbly. He never said a word. Like a lamb about to be slaughtered, like a sheep about to be sheared, he never said a word. He was arrested and sentenced and led off to die. No one cared about what happened to him. He was put to death for the sins of all people. That's the rest of Isaiah 53. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Come on, folks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Is our reality bad? No. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're going to end by singing a very Methodist song. It was written by Charles Wesley. Okay? If you would turn in your hymnals, okay, to number 240. Did you know that this is a Methodist song? It is. <laughs>
Thank you, beautifully sung. <coughs> a couple of quick reminders, please, before you leave the sanctuary, a prayer. Okay? And before you leave the church, the children are not done ministering to us yet. <laughs> Coffee hours, children's ministering to us this morning. Okay? Yes, sir. And one announcement I forgot to say, anyone who wants to get in the Christmas spirit, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, the 21st, from 6 to 7.30, a group of us will be Christmas caroling in front of bushes for Salvation Army, and then afterwards we're going to go to Danley's for dinner, if you haven't eaten beforehand, and just a little social time to soak up the Christmas spirit. So that's this Wednesday from 6 to 7.30 in front of bushes during Christmas. New Year's Eve. Yes. Okay. Would you do the benediction, please? Sure. If you'll join me for the benediction. O oh God, the heaven and earth have met. The divine and the human combine in the newborn child. He is Savior of the world. We celebrate his birth. In him you come close to us that we might be close to you. You have come to our world to be our guest. Inspire our hearts to hospitality that welcomes all your children and in you and each of them. Amen.